Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the show. My name is Charlton with Big C. This is Charlton and Big C Sports coming to you worldwide on the Big C Sports Network on the number one network in the United States of America and Big C Sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe, according to Big C and the good old boys down south. I want to say bienvenidos to all of our listeners across the pond in London, England, as well as Paris, France. And, of course, you good old boys in Africa, we thank you for following Big C Sports. Today is a beautiful December the 26th, 2017, in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I'm running solo today. I think Big C's out still delivering presents. He does look a lot like Santa Claus. You know, Santa Claus comes and takes presents all over the world. Sometimes even Santa gets stuck in the snow. I do want to say today is a great day in the world of sports. We're all so grateful that we just had a great Christmas. And for a lot of people who are still out traveling, and Christmas is one of the most heavily traveled holidays there is. You know, Thanksgiving is also a, a very highly traveled uh, holiday season. But I, I'm so grateful that there's so much happening in the world of sports and we were able to bring you a lot of things coming up into the Christmas holiday break, and now we're not going to turn away from it because outside of Christmas, there's a lot of good things going on in the world of sports. I think I ate way too much food, and that's something I tend to do on the on the holidays. I'm I'm sure Big C's still eating on some of the turkey bones that he that he likes to do, you know cook for the holiday season, and even for for the world of sports, we have a abbreviated show today. I know a lot of people is still in travel mode, but we're bringing Big C Sports today. And starting with the weekend, uh, there's a lot of great basketball being played for the holidays. Not only did we have uh, a holidays filled with basketball, we saw the two better teams, in my opinion. What we know over the last three years in the NBA, when you look at the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Golden State, again, when they're at home, they're almost impossible to beat. Both teams have had win streaks that would run into the double digits this season. And I know there's always controversy. What good would the NBA be without some controversy? If you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, you're going to say that LeBron was fouled by Durant a couple of times inside a minute driving to the basket. Perhaps he was. But at the same time, if you're a Golden State fan, you're going to say LeBron does that all the time. He never gets calls against him. And so when it happens, sometimes it's more notable. But I, I, I do like what the referees did in that game. When, when you look at Steph Curry not being there, and people think... Can anyone beat Golden State? Well, the answer is yes. Anyone's beatable. They, they come away with a 99-92 win over Cleveland. They're at home. They did not have Steph Curry. But you also got to keep in mind that you got to keep playing the game. And Durant, when you think about it, you can have Steph Curry sit the bench. Durant comes in and you still miss his production because when Curry's playing, they're scoring into the hundreds. Well, they were stopped at 99. I mean, there's still enough to win 99-92. But for people to wonder... Who's the best player for Golden State? Would it be someone like a Steph Curry, a unanimous MVP two times as well? And or Durant, who's also been a league MVP. When you have him on your on the same team, 
I think the only guys that could decide who the best player would be Durant and Curry if they were to play each other. And that would be a great pickup game to see Durant and Curry. Some people think that Durant would win because he's taller. Or some people think Steph would win because he's faster. And they can both shoot the lights out. I, I like to see that game happen. And I'm sure they, they do it at practice all the time. But that's just something that you have when you're Coach Curry and you're loaded with talents on, so, on both sides of the ball. I do want to say today's segment sponsored by your Northern California Cadillac dealers, home of the all-new Cadillac Escalade, the standard of the world. And when you go by and test drive yours, tell them Charlton and Big C sent you. I, I want to bring up a, a thought about Cleveland and, and Kevin Love. Uh, Kevin Love's a better player than a lot of people thought he was. Going back to last year, there were people who wanted to get rid of him. They were thinking that he's not going to be the guy that fits. Well, I know they were waiting for Isaiah Thomas to get healthy. But when you think about that love and, and Thomas, and last year they had Kyrie Irving, it made a big difference in their team when they get everyone involved. And it's not just LeBron having to defend the whole time on defense and also score all the time on offense. He has players that he can, can pass the ball out to, and it makes it a better team for Cleveland. I don't think they can beat Golden State in a seven-game series. I mean, they did it once before. They came back when they were down three games to one. Draymond Green was ejected. I don't think he's going to have those type of issues if they should meet again this year. You look at Toronto. They're the best team right now, at least record-wise, in the NBA Eastern Conference. So Toronto's very tough. But when it comes to, to playing, I, I don't think you can find a team that can match up with what Golden State's going to do. No matter who comes out of the Eastern Conference, and we'll look around and some of the other games too. But no matter who comes out of the East, it's kind of a far gun conclusion that it's going to be the Golden State Warriors with the number one seed in the NBA and home home court advantage. If you are looking at the Eastern Conference, you have people want to see Cleveland again because we want to see LeBron James versus Golden State and Steph Curry and, and Durant, and that's great news because they're all marquee players. When you look at Shumpert for for Cleveland. And then I think when Isaiah comes back, he'll be healthy. He he may be a little bit faster than Kyrie Irving. Some people think, think no way. But I look at what he did when he played at Sacramento. He was a spark plug for the Kings. They got rid of him, went over to Boston. The same thing with Boston. They ended up becoming the best record in the NBA Eastern Conference last year. And they trade him again for Kyrie Irving, who had the Celtics rolling at a time. But I think they're coming back down to ground now. So when you look at Cleveland... As long as you have LeBron James, and I think it's record shown that wherever LeBron James goes, that team is going to be at least in the Eastern Conference Championships. TV ratings loses too much money if LeBron's not in the finals. I know people can say, well, what does that mean? All it means is that we're a game of stars. Just back, going back to Michael Jordan, it was Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Same thing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's no one they can really find to knock off Golden State unless Golden State has what's already happened. Some ejections. We've seen that before uh, with Draymond Green. I think he's past that. I think if you look at what happened with Durant coming over to the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry sitting down, they're still going down to the wire. And how important was that game with Golden State beating Cleveland in the end? Think about what would happen if they played Cleveland without LeBron James. Take away one of their NBA All-Star players. If you take if you take him away, we've already taken away Irving, but LeBron's able to hold his own. But if you take away Irving... And, and you realize that you're still uh, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, that tells you that Kyrie Irving wasn't really the guy that put them over the hump, okay? That's always been LeBron, and people know that, even though Kyrie got tired of living in his shadow. But I look at what happened, and LeBron can't do it on his own, but he's going to have to come in and have some help with his big three, and whether that's going to be 
you know, Thomas, when he comes back, or Kevin Love, he's the guy that the ball has to go through. If you take him out of the series, there's no way Cleveland even makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals, okay? That's just a fact. But you could take out Kyrie Irving, and Cleveland can make it there, and they'll probably get the chance to do that this year. So again, Golden State, you know, one of the greater stories over the last several years as you've had this this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see some great players, whether it's Draymond Green, whether it's Klay Thompson, and you, of course you have Steph Curry and you have Durant. Iguodala has been an NBA Sixth Man of the Year uh, coming off the bench, but hes they're just stacked. They're so loaded on offense and defense, and then Coach Curry has a kind of a gold mine to choose from, no pun intended. So look at Golden State to wrap up the West again. There are other games that we're just going to play. We're just going to be games that we play. Let's jump across to the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers. They're, they have so much young talent on that team. You have Joel Embiid. You have Ben Simmons. And you think about that that marquee name, that's what the NBA needs. They need marquee players that can sell that brand, and I think they're going to do it well. When you look at, you know, New York, Porzingis is a good player, but physically can't handle the big guys down inside. Uh, a Philly to get a 105-98 to win over the Knicks. At Madison Square Garden, you know, obviously a, a great theater. Whenever you have a game in New York, I think Porzingis is going to be as he's as good as he's going to be. He reminds me kind of of a Kevin McHale. Even Kevin McHale was great for the Celtics. He was, you know, Larry Bird was the guy. Larry Bird was a star player. We all knew that. Even though McHale had a name with Danny Age, etc., and they had the Chief, and they had Dennis Johnson. But I look at Porzingis, and I know they got rid of Carmelo Anthony last year. And a lot of people say, well, they're going to be better because they don't have Carmelo. But Carmelo, kind of a streaky player. I still don't see Porzingis being the guy that gets New York into the Eastern Conference Finals the way Patrick Ewing did back in the day when he had John Starks and, and those great players. But for Philadelphia to go into New York and knock off the Knicks, the, the Knicks have a winning record at home. Uh, they struggle on the road. So for Philly to go in there and get that win, that says a lot more about Philadelphia and how much stronger their team's going to be this year. And I look at Washington and the Wizards. This goes back into talking about the East top two point guards, John Wall. Is it Kyrie Irving? Uh, some people might say it, it's neither one of them because when LeBron James decides to hold the ball, he can be the best top you know, point guard in the East because he's so physical. But when I look at Wall and, and Irving having great contests, John Wall showed how great he can be. And the Knicks... I mean, you think about, if you think about the Knicks, and, and they have Porzingis, he's their name guy for them. You think about Washington, the name player there is John Wall, but he can also get it done. He has he helps lead that team. He's a good a floor leader uh, for the Wizards. They get a 111-103 win at Boston, and you think of Boston and all the history of players there. From We talked about Bird, and there's Russell, and you know Danny Ainge, and McHale, and all those great guys, Dennis Johnson. And then Paul Pierce. I, I think I even heard Paul Pierce in, in, a, in a TV show or a commercial <laughs> saying that he could beat LeBron James if he were 25 years old. And that's not, the, that's not the case at all. No one can. I think they call him King James for a reason. He doesn't want to call him King, but when you look at how many times he's won the Eastern Conference Championship, yeah, he hasn't had the same success in the NBA Finals, but he is the Eastern Conference Champion seven years in a row. You know, he's just a dominant athlete. So how does Washington beat Boston? And Boston, at, earlier in the year, they were crowned as the kind of the Eastern Conference champions. They had that big winning streak. I think it reached over 15 games, and they got it snapped by Miami. Uh, you look at Washington, how do they pull this off? Having a guy by the name of John Wall, 
and having him a, a floor leader on your on your floor and someone that you can count on. So I think the Wizards, as far as them being a, a playoff team, yes, they will be a playoff team. Uh, their conference is not very strong though. When you look at the Wizards, and you know they can they can afford to have some bad games because you don't have a lot to push for outside of Cleveland. Cleveland's going to drive everybody. Everyone's going to funnel all their energy on beating Cleveland. Washington is the leader of the pack in the Eastern Conference, Southeast Division, with the 18 games. I mean, they've won 18. And you think about that, that's not that impressive, but it's enough to keep them atop the heap in the East. But Boston's won 26. So they're way behind when you look at it, those two teams matching up. But what does it tell you about any given day? When you have a player like John Wall, John Wall makes a big difference, and I think he made a difference in, in that game, and that's why the Wizards were able to beat the Celtics. One of the most exciting games, and I don't, I don't think people can overlook the fact that it's exciting when you look at the, the Houston Rockets and you look at Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder, obviously, they have Carmelo Anthony. They have Russell Westbrook, and they have Paul George, known as the Big Three now. And they play like it, especially down the stretch. What I like about Westbrook, Russell Westbrook takes over a game, and he doesn't look to to dish off to anyone. So even if they have the big three, I think he's established himself as the alpha male of that team, not only being last year's MVP, but a player that doesn't look to pass off to someone. He wants to take it and drive to the basket. But he's also, he's more mature now. He almost has what he didn't have when he played with Durant. Because they have three guys that are that are older, they're not really the challenge that he was that that he had when Durant was there. Who's going to be the alpha male? I think a lot about Russell Westbrook and how hard he plays. If everyone could play as well as him, it would be great NBA basketball night in and night out. I do want to bring up what happened with with James Harden, and Harden at one time also played for that franchise in Oklahoma City. Again, this franchise came from Seattle, Washington, but Harden's off off to a good start, one of the best starts. In, in franchise history for the Rockets, but it didn't get the win. In fact, they lost by five. And Harden, at the same time, as people say he's great, he's, he's a scorer, he's hard to stop, that's that's true. But also, there are times when you look for the flop or you look for the fake foul, the phony foul that's not really there, and I think the officials see that. You don't see that in Westbrook. If you just, just watch those two players. When you watch Westbrook and he has the ball, you know, 10 seconds left, down by one, and they need to score, Russell's not looking for the fake foul. He's not looking for the official to bail him out. He's driving hard to the basket. I think if Harden had that same type of that like instinct, that killer instinct, he would be even more of a finisher because Westbrook's a finisher. He's not looking for the fake foul. Whether you foul him or not, he doesn't fall down and flop on the floor. And I think that's what makes him more composed going into the final seconds of a game. And I think that's one of the reasons that they were able to get that win at home. And you can't say enough about their crowd. But James Harden's great, but he's just not Westbrook when it comes to finishing. And I know a lot of people might dispute that, but watch the next time you drive into the basket with the game on the line. He's going to act as if he's even fouled, and sometimes he's not even hit. But he'll flop his body to the ground anyway, and that may cost him. I think it cost him at times and a couple of buckets in that game against OKC. And then the final game of the night, you know, you think about the Lakers, and they didn't have a, their, their star at least their media star in Lonzo Ball. I think he's going to be a, a dynamic basketball player in about two more years. I keep thinking all the criticism this kid takes because of his father's antics. But if this guy was still at UCLA, and UCLA had a big win over Kentucky on the Christmas holiday. But think about Ball not even being in the game. The Lakers fall to the Timberwolves, 121-104 at Staples Center. 
And I'm telling you, Minnesota is loaded with players. But I, I want to go back to what's going on in L.A. This is a team that they can model themselves after Golden State. And you may say, well, how's that? But you look at Walton, who was coaching at Golden State. He had a better record than Kerr when Kerr was injured with the back surgeries. But he has that team, even though they got blown out at home. They, did, they were missing two players, Russell and also Ball. But you look at Minnesota, that team's loaded. That team is young and they're ready, but they, they need to run more. I, I think that you had Charles Barkley saying on the, on the telecast, if they could run the ball more with Carl Anthony Towns, this team would be, you know, very much a threat. They're already atop the Northwest Division in the Western Conference. They have 20 wins on the season. And I can't really see any weakness in them other than this. they're just young. But they are, they're a team that can run people out of the building if you give them a chance to run the ball and not play a, a slow-down game. But that's something they're going to have to decide, you know, if they want to do that or not. I, I just think they, if you look at Andrew Wiggins and Jeff Teague, they're, they're great players for, for Minnesota, and they have a, a bright future ahead of them. So really looking forward to what's going on with the NBA, and we'll talk about that more as we get into the, the new year, as we're coming up on New Year's Eve I mean, it's all happening so fast for Christmas with all the people traveling and, you know, the, the president passing his tax bill to help cut taxes for millionaires and billionaires. And we'll take it because, you know, we could all use more money. But just a lot of happening in the world of sports. I want to look at what happened also in our abbreviated show. We're going to run down some some NFL scores and some teams that have been eliminated from NFL playoff competition I mean, you think about the Colts and the Ravens. They were eliminated a long time ago, so we're not going to hold anyone's you know, head on that one. But you look at that game, and the Ravens get a, a 23-16 win over the Colts. So they're, you know, playoff bound. They're still in the, in the hunt for the playoffs uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco, obviously, with a huge contract, and he's going to have to live up to it because when you think about players who are always blamed for not winning you got to look at it, and you'll say that Flacco is one of those players that's going to take a lot of heat when they don't win because he's the guy that's making the money. When you have a $100 million contract, you know, you're going to be the guy that has to say the buck stops here. But congratulations to the, to the Ravens. They didn't start off that great, but they're they're turning their season around. They're 9-6 and six on the season, and they'll look to be trying to get into the playoffs. The Vikings, the Vikings had a shutout for the first time in about 25 years. Uh, this team right now is 12-3. and three. Atop the NFC, right there with the Eagles, a 16 nothing win over the Packers. The Packers fall to 7-8. and eight. That game was Sunday, uh, Saturday, actually, at 8.30 on NBC Sports with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and Michelle Tapuya. Good thing for, for the Packers. They get to rest Aaron Rodgers, let him get fully healthy, and then come back next year. And they'll have a chance to compete again, as they always do in that division. I want to look at the Vikings and, and what they're doing as far as the playoff push, they were so close last night with the Eagles having to come from behind to beat the Raiders uh, at Philadelphia and to snapping up or wrapping up at least a chance to get the NFC home field advantage. But it looks like now it's going to go uh, through Philadelphia. And I mean, Philadelphia had a close win against the Raiders last night, but the Vikings still look very good to have the first shutout in about 25 years. People think, well, you know, it's not that much of a, a blast or a blowout. You beat a Green Bay team that was depleted. But 16 nothing when you haven't had a shutout in about 25 years, I think that bodes well for their defense. I look at also, in that same division, you look at the Lions and the Bengals. And we know Marvin Lewis is going to step down after 15 seasons uh, for Cincinnati. And you have the Lions. That game was 
played on Sunday, 1 o'clock on Fox Sports with Tom Brenneman, Chris Spielman, and Jennifer Hale. And you get the Bengals with a 26-17 win over the Lions and Matthew Stafford. Bengals, you know, you think about it. The, this, the Lions had a chance to stay in the playoff hunt. They fall to 8-7 and seven on the season. They could have easily been 9-6. The Bengals go to 6-9 and nine on the season. We know that Marvin Lewis is out. Uh, he's stepping aside. Uh, but you also have Caldwell. Some people are saying that he should be on the hot seat. I don't know why. Uh, he's had the team, you know, playing good football over the years. But he's not the one making $100 million. That, that's Stafford. So Stafford, you know, they, of course, you always want to blame a coach when a team loses. You want to you want to praise a quarterback when a team wins. But I think you have to go both ways. Uh, he's not the only one that should come under scrutiny for that loss. Uh, it was on the road. Cincinnati's not going anywhere, but they did get the 26-17 win over the Lions. And you look at another game where the Chiefs, the Chiefs wrapped up the AFC West for the second year in a row. They got a win at home versus the Dolphins, which are not really going anywhere. 24-13 was that win. Actually, 29-13, the Chiefs with the win over the Dolphins. And we know the Dolphins have had their whole their whole season wrapped up and getting Cutler to come out of retirement when he said he did not want to come out of retirement. They forced him. You know, to take, I think, $10 million. So he came out and took the $10 million. And they have six wins to show for it. Uh, six and nine on the season. Uh, they were just hanging on to a, a wild card, wild card outdoor consideration. But not going to happen for them. They're going to have to rebuild next year. The defense really isn't that bad. But I like to have the Chiefs gathered together. Uh, that game was Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS Sports with Kevin Harlan, Rich Gannon, and Jenny Dell with the play-by-play. And the Chiefs. When they started the season 5-0, a lot of people said this team is great. They knocked off New England in New England, and a lot of people crowned them to at least win the, the AFC West. But they, they actually did win the West, but they had a long winning streak throughout the season. But I think what that did for them, the thing with the Chiefs, having an, an early losing streak, they were able to get it out of their system because you want to rebound, and they're playing a lot better football now than they were especially when they had the winning streak. So Alex Smith and, and, and Hunt, and they just look very good on, on offense. I think they're going to do some, they're going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. And you look at the team also, and you look at the Bills. The Bills, in a game they had to win, obviously, at New England, is a tough task. But there's times when the team will get the benefit of the doubt, not going too much into it, but was it a touchdown? Was it not a touchdown? Last I heard, when you have possession of the ball, you have two feet in the end zone on the ground. That's called a touchdown. But it didn't happen for Buffalo again. I think New England's winning uh, winning some close games, even though that was not a close game. But at that time, the game was close, 37-16 over the Bills. Uh, the, the Patriots, again, they're, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. They've actually kind of earned it. And let's just be honest, who doesn't want to see the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship game? So whether they had lost the game at Pittsburgh or not, I, I still think it was a touchdown when you have the ball and you have possession and you cross the goal line, and that's called a touchdown. If he were, But they say this NFL rule where they didn't hold possession when the ball hit the ground, that's one thing. But you, they have a similar type of benefit when they played the Buffalo Bills. They get possession. If they get possession for the Bills, they get another score. Didn't happen. And New England kind of runs away with the game. But again, who doesn't want to see New England in the AFC Championship game? And that game was Sunday on CBS Sports with Jim Nance and Tony Romo and Tracy Wolfson. Another game, you have the Browns. I think the Browns are still, they're still looking at their, their, their own 15 right now. It's crazy to think about that. But two years in a row, 
you're not even winning two games. They don't they don't have a chance to win two games this year. They can only win one. They were at the Bears. They lost twenty to three. I mean, to lose twenty to three at the Bears is is the Bears are only a four and ten. So that game was Sunday on Fox Sports with Tom McCarthy and Steve Broline and Steve Tasker. But the Browns, it is not the days of Jim Brown, not even the days of Bernie Kosar. This is too fine a franchise to have this happen for the third year. Uh, there's been two years of rule losing really bad and not making a, a, a stance at all. I, knew, I know they're going to get another chance to build next year. They're always looking for the draft. But something with the culture has to change for the Cleveland Browns and they may just get that parade they were talking about having a parade if they go 0-16 and it looks like that may happen uh, because they have one game left and it doesn't look like they're going to win that one. You look at the Buccaneers, a team that came in with Jameis Winston. They were a lot of people thought they would be a playoff team coming into this year just because they're young. They have Winston. Uh, they have a good group of players. They had a good defense. And last season they had a, a decent year as well. Uh, but they, they fall to the Panthers in the same division. Uh, 22-19, of course, Cam Newton. And I tell you, the Panthers look like they can challenge the Eagles for the NFC, but they also have to look at the Saints. That's the the most, I think, the most dangerous division in the NFC because you look at the, the last couple of years going to the Super Bowl, you've had, obviously, Carolina. You've had, then they had the loss to Denver. And you look at what the Saints can do. The Saints can pretty much beat anyone. Atlanta went last year. So out of that division, everyone has gone to the Super Bowl in the last several seasons with the exception of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that game was Sunday on, at 1 o'clock on the Fox Sports with Kenny Albert, uh, Rondé Barber, and Christina Pink, and Cam Newton and McCaffrey. You just think about what it takes to, to beat a team like, like Carolina. They go to 11-4 in the season, and 11-4 is a very good record, but they're still not even in the top two teams in the NFC. But, it, I mean, a lot of people think that Carolina's kind of living on, on some luck at times because they don't like Cam Newton for whatever reason. But I tell you, that team might knock somebody off when it comes to the playoff. They have, they have, everybody's healthy again. And when you're healthy and you have a, an all-pro quarterback in Cam Newton, you have McCaffrey who can run the football, they have a good passing game, their defense is tough. I, I think that's a team that's scary to play especially they can go on the road and win. They're an outdoor team, so they don't they don't worry about going into a dome if they go to Minnesota. And if they go up to Philadelphia, they don't have Carson Wentz. And then Foles doesn't seem to be this, as consistent as Wentz, but that's kind of a game-by-game -game issue with him. But I'm impressed with Carolina. They've, they're just one year out of the Super Bowl, and if they could sneak in there again, that's a team that's be really tough to schedule for when they've already been there. They know what they're looking at. I do want to say that sports is a billion-dollar industry, and boys and girls sports is the foundation to this billion-dollar industry. For every athletic and sporting event, you need athletic and event insurance. We work with Ben and Mark. They've been around half a century. They work with Big C Sports. Whether you're a pro team, a collegiate team, a high school team, or your mom and pop soccer leagues, when you reach out to them, let them know that Big C sent you. Call 800-772-8624. That's 800-772-8624. 86-24. And also back to the NFL on our abbreviated show on this beautiful day after Christmas 2017. We just talked about the Falcons and the Saints. And, and those two teams have been to the Super Bowl in the last 10 years. You you look at the Saints at the Dome, very difficult to beat. A 23-16 win over the Falcons. That game was Sunday at 1 o'clock on Fox Sports with Kevin Burkhart, uh, Charles Davis, and Pam Oliver with the play-by-play. -play. And you think about it. Drew Brees and, and the Saints right now at 11 and 4. The Falcons fall to 9 and 6. Last year's Super Bowl, you know, runner up. 
had a chance to to win this game, but the Saints at home are very difficult to beat. They're going to have to go on the road and either beat a Philadelphia team on the road, or they're going to have to go and beat you know the the Minnesota Vikings in the dome. So playing in the dome doesn't bother the Saints, but I think they're they don't have the firepower that I would see in a Carolina, even though they have identical records. I think Carolina has an upper edge just because, you know, they they seem to be more battle-tested and they've been good for a long time. I know the Saints look really good, though. Their running backs are strong. I, I think when you look at Atlanta, I, I thought the, that the Devonta Freeman would have a better game uh, against the Saints. But, you know, there's something about playing at home that just gives them the edge, but they're not going to be able to play their playoff games at home in Mercedes-Benz a dome there in New Orleans. But again, the Saints with Drew Brees are always a threat. And you look at Sean Payton, he was fined $10,000 for the choking gesture that he made against Freeman. And But that's something that players are going to do that. Coaches are going to do that. There's always a little bit of people are trucking at this time of the year because they know what's at stake and they want to get into the playoffs as much as they can. And whatever they can do to get their upper hand, they're going to do that. I want to look at the Broncos at the Redskins. The Broncos fall to 5-10 and ten on the season. If this is the same team that won the Super Bowl just two years ago out in San, San Francisco, Santa Clara, uh, the Redskins go to 7-8 and eight with a 27-11 to 11 win, and that game was Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS Sports. Spiro Didis, Artem Achilletta with the play-by-play. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, you, you think about him, will he be in Washington next year? Maybe not. Uh, a team's not going to make the playoffs. I know they were they were built to make the playoffs this year. A lot of people had a lot of hope in them with Coach Gruden, but they're they're just not going anywhere. And but I'm just disappointed with the Broncos. It looks like this this has been the best program in the AFC and over the last several years. Whether they made the Super Bowl or not, it was either they were always knocking on the door. And I think Elway has his work cut out for him coming back next year. And when you have a guy like Osweiler that just hasn't had the success there. And, you know, they had Trevor Simeon, those two players going back and forth, Pax and Lynch with, a, with the, the ankle injury. And they want to put a lot of, you know, shame on, on Vance Joseph saying maybe it's his fault. But the GM is John Elway. He's going to have to build that program the way you expected to see them play over the years. They've always been a dominant team. But this year, just nothing too too much to write home about at Mile High Stadium. I, I do look at another team the, at the NFC that, I mean, I would not, I would not be surprised if the NFC Championship game had a Western team in it, and that's the LA Rams, who would have thought that would be the case last year looking at what happened with Jeff Fisher? But they have a new man at the helm now. I look at, you know, golf is playing much better, and their defense is probably one of the better defenses uh, in the NFL. That game was Sunday, 1 o'clock on Fox Sports with Chris Myers, uh, Daryl Johnson, and Oral Oakland with the play-by-play. And the Rams with Gurley. I think Gurley went 90 yards on the screen pass for a touchdown. Talk about how strong that is when you have a running back who can get you a 90-yard run just by getting him the ball on a screen pass. That means two things. Number one, you have to guard him coming out of the backfield. You can't just watch the receivers going deep downfield. You know they like to throw the ball deep. I think Wade Phillips has a he has something going on with his defensive side and knowing how to blitz. But think about this for the Rams. You, you look about two weeks ago when they went to Seattle and blew them out. I think they put 42 points on the Seattle Seahawks up in Seattle, which is very tough to do in front of the 12th man. Uh, they get a close 27-23 win over the Titans, who were desperate. Uh, but that game was on the road, an, an early game, uh, 1 o'clock on Fox Sports. With, and you think about the Titans with Mariota, 
a team that has to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And the Rams go on the road and get a win. A close game, but they did it on the road in a playoff-type atmosphere. Even though they're a young team, maybe they can't do the same thing at Philadelphia. But they played fully close at home in the Coliseum. And they were blown out by the Vikings up in Minnesota. But beating the same team twice might be difficult. So I give the I give the Rams a fighter's chance because they have a good passing game. And anytime you have Gurley a threat running the ball and catching the ball, he reminds me of Roger Craig who played for San Francisco back in the day when he was always a threat coming out of the backfield running or receiving. This makes It gives headaches for any defensive coordinator. So I really look for the Rams right now 11-4 looking very strong as they'll bring the playoffs back to Southern California for the first time in a long time. And I'm sure the fans in Southern California were turn off the Coliseum for that one. The Chargers 7. You know, you think about going into the game versus the Jets. And they get a 14-7 win. Uh, this team was on fire about two weeks ago, especially around the holiday season for Thanksgiving. They went into Dallas and won big. Uh, they got the win over the Jets, and that's all that matters. Going across the country for West Coast teams, playing in early games, sometimes difficult to do. But the Chargers found a way to get that done. And that game was Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS Sports. Iron Eagle, Dan Fouts, and even Washburn went to play-by-play. But 14-7 win. Uh, not as impressive against the Jets, but a win is a win, especially when you have to play it early in the morning. And you think about a running back, Melvin Gordon, and, and he right now, a 1,000-yard running back for the Chargers. It's a shame they have to play in a small stadium in, in Carson, California, a game, a stadium that was held for soccer and also state football playoffs for California high schools. But I think they'll be a part of that beautiful wave of stadiums that's going to be built all over the the West Coast over the past several years. You look at Seattle, and they, the Seahawks have a, a gorgeous stadium. I think the best design for an open-air stadium in the NFL. And then you have uh, San Francisco has a nice stadium down at Levi Stadium. Kind of open-end. Uh, could have had more of the bowl look that they had when they had Candlestick Park. But now you look at where the Raiders, uh, they're going to be going to Las Vegas and getting a, a state-of-the-art stadium. But you look at the Chargers. And the Rams, they're going to have a state-of-the-art stadium also in Los Angeles down in Inglewood. So the West Coast will have some gorgeous football stadiums. And, of course, down in the desert in Arizona, you know, people like Phoenix Stadium as well, uh, where the Arizona Cardinals play. But a win by the Chargers, nonetheless, wasn't impressive, but they did get a win over the Jets. They go to 8-7 and seven on the season, and the Jets fall to 5-10. and 10. I look at the Jaguars, and this team, this team makes you turn your heads. Here's a team with one of the better defenses in the NFL, at least on paper. They come out to the West Coast, which could be a game that they overlook in the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers, are, they go to 5-10 and 10 on the season with a 44-33 win over the Jaguars, who fall to 10-5. and 5. In a game that was played Sunday, a 4-5 kickoff on CBS Sports, and they had Andrew Catalan and James Lofton with a play-by-play. And you think about the 49ers, are hitting their stride. This is a team that's had a lot of issues off the field and on the field. But you got to look at Garoppolo as he's come on as a quarterback. It's 5-0. But they're 5-0 they're because they have a good kicker. It's not because Jimmy's doing a great job. He's not a bad quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But he's not going to be the whole answer for that team. They play close in a lot of their games this year. So the 49ers, they might be a year or two away from getting back to the playoffs because they're going to replace. The Cardinals have to do something to rebuild down there. Seattle's, I know they're still in the hunt. They knocked off Dallas, but they are getting a little bit older. So that's something you got to keep in mind. The 49ers do have to keep rebuilding that team. 
uh, but they do have a history of winning. We'll just have to see if they've turned that program around since they got rid of Jim Harbaugh for taking them to the Super Bowl. They didn't like the way he wanted more control. And a game that I want to also finish on the, we just talked about the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals, they get a 23-0 shutout over the New York Giants. And just a couple of weeks ago, people were upset that Eli Manning was benched and they were complaining and they coughed the head coach's job. Uh, but Eli was in this a part of this 23-0 shutout. The Cardinals, they also have to rebuild. That game was at 425 kickoff on Fox Sports with Dick Stockton and Mark Slareth and Shannon Spake. And obviously, when the Giants came into the season, they had the, the great receivers, uh, Marshall and also uh, Beckham. They thought those would be the guys who would at least be on the scene considering the playoff berth when you had Eli, a Hall of Fame quarterback who hasn't had a great, a lot of success lately, but he, he still has the name and that's pretty much what he has right now. And unfair, yeah, it may be unfair, but when you make the kind of money and you're considered the guy that helps you win, when you don't lose, it's all going to fall on his lap. And then again, Bruce Aaron's fighting for his job down in Arizona with the 23 nothing win over the Giants. And they do go to 7-8 and eight on the season. And, and it may be Larry Fitzgerald last season. He reminds me so much of Jerry Rice and the way he prepares for every game, never takes a playoff, doesn't have the separation ability that he used to have, but still has great hands. And I just want to see him go out on top. And the Cardinals get the win, 23 nothing shutout over the New York Giants. A game that was played on Monday, a 4.30 kickoff on NBC Sports, on the NFL Network also, Mike Tirico, Kurt Warner, and Heather Clocks with the play-by-play. The Steelers look like they are Super Bowl bound. <laughs> you want to say that just because they can score so many points, even though Big Ben has to be kicking himself based on what happened at home. Uh, the game against New England, they had it all wrapped up and just through the interception at the end it really hurt them. But they bounced back in a big way with a 34-6 win over the Texans. And the Texans fall to 4-11. The Steelers go to 12-3. Think about this. There were some media pundits just about... I'd say a year or two ago. And they were saying that Coach Tomlin's overrated. I even heard some knucklehead TV and radio guys saying uh, in the New England game, well, Tomlin, we know he's, he's more of a motivational, rah-rah type of guy, but Belichick's more of an X's and O's. I think the last time I checked, every football organization, they use X's and O's. But he's not given the same kind of credit for having the Steelers at the top of the AFC if he's not a good coach, that means there's a lot of other coaches behind him that, that are not as good either. But he's a great coach. They're excellent O's. They, it must be working because they're 12-3 and three on the season. But sometimes people want to take jabs at Coach Tomlin because he is very intense. But his intensity is what the Steelers play like. They they have Juju Smith. They have, a, you know, they have Antonio Beckham. He's out of the games right now, but he'll be back for the playoffs. I just think when you think Antonio Brown, excuse me, Antonio Brown, probably the best receiver in the AFC. And they have Big Ben, who if he doesn't make that, I just don't see Tom Brady making that type of a mistake that he made against uh, the game against Pittsburgh and New England. You know, destiny has it for them to meet each other again. It would be an upset if one of them were to get knocked off in the playoffs. When you look at the Steelers and you look at New England, it just seems that they're ripe to meet each other. They have, looking at the records are similar. The quarterbacks are similar in their, at least in their reputation. I know Brady has more Super Bowls, but Big Ben also has Super Bowls experience. And their defense is probably better than New England. Okay, so that's a team 
that's they just have to be kicking themselves that they did not wrap up home field advantage but again it's going to be outside if they get that far there's still games to play but i know that people want to see new england and pittsburgh because that makes sense they've been the most dominant teams in the afc all season hopefully we'll get to see that again i'm going to close out on two games left the, the monday night game with the raiders at 8.30 kickoff on ESPN with Sean McDonough and John Gruden and Lisa Salters with the play-by-play -play in that game. And I, I look at the Raiders and they, they played they played like the Raiders that we thought they'd be when the seeds began in the fact that they went on the road and Marshawn Lynch had nearly 100 yards rushing against the number one defense against the run in the NFL. and But they held their own. But there's something about the Raiders. We've seen it all season long, and we've seen it the last couple of seasons. They find ways to beat themselves. And here they were with a chance to tie the game and even win the game late in the game, and they missed the field goal, a makeable field goal, and maybe against the win. But these are things you have to do. Not that they were going to go anywhere, but you still want to finish strong. So when I look at what happened with the Eagles, they don't have Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a good player. But Foles is just as capable. But Foles did not have a good game last night. I think the Raiders had a good defensive package against him. They put a lot of pressure on him. And he either he, he would hold the ball too long or he would just, you know, take the sack. But I wasn't that impressed with him last night. I am impressed with the Philly defense and the way they played hard. And they stopped the Raiders when they had to. How will that hold up going into the playoffs? I, I think when you look at the Vikings and you look at Carolina... Even if you look at the Saints, if you look at the Rams also with golf, I think the worst quarterback going into that, I mean, I'm not going to say Foles is the worst. He has playoff experience. But the way he played last night against a team that was not going anywhere, you cannot have that kind of duplicated performance in the playoffs. Like it really hurt their chances of advancing to the Super Bowl. I know the Eagles want to get there. They have the defense for it. But when you have to change quarterbacks at the end of the season, it can really make things difficult. The last game I want to close on, is I look at the Seattle Seahawks and they're they're keeping their playoff hopes alive by thin by thin lines here with a 21-12 win over the Dallas Cowboys and that game was in Dallas. Jerry Jones plays, Ezekiel Elliott's back, and you know the the Cowboys after all the turmoil they've had this season and all the talk about the Cowboys being America's team and all the talk about Jerry Jones wanting to sue the NFL and whether they should have fought this. You know, the the issues that were going on with Ezekiel Elliott, maybe they should have, maybe they should not have. Who can say that? That game was Sunday at 425 kickoff on Fox Sports with Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Aaron Andrews. This Seattle team, no one gave them a chance going into Dallas. I think they were about a six-point underdog going in there. Because Seattle doesn't have a strong running game either, other than Russell Wilson and being chased around and beaten up a lot. You know, Cam Chancellor on defense is, you know, Cliff Averill and... And K.J. Wright, they're all, they're missing. Bobby Wagner's hobbled. And if you think about it, they just don't, they don't have Richard Sherman, who's been the defensive leader on that team, whether people like him or not. He's the guy that keeps them going in the secondary. But that team to go in there and knock off Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott and, and Dak Prescott, I, I just think that shows some fight in them. Now, we talk about teams that get hot at the right time. The Seattle's been there. And I know they still kick themselves over not giving the ball to Beast Mode in the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago. Because sometimes the residue that comes out, it, it doesn't go away. But this Seattle team, they showed how battle-tested they were. To go into Dallas and get a, 
a 21-12 win over the Cowboys that have to win that game in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. I think that says a lot about Seattle and what they can do going forward. And I think that looks good for them in, in chasing the playoff. If they can get in and, you know, they'll get in if, if they win their last game and the Falcons have to play Carolina. So they could get in as a wild card. But if they do, they have all the experience and all the history behind them that could make for them. And they could be a tough out in the playoffs, even though their record's not the greatest. Right now, they're 9-6 and six on the season. When you get into the playoffs, everybody starts out new. It doesn't matter how many games you won. All that matters is what kind of momentum you have going into it. And if you're going to have any team that can knock someone off in the playoffs in the first round, I look at Seattle because of their experience. I know they're banged up, but they know how to win the close games. And then you also look at, at Kansas City because they're coming on strong too in the AFC. Those teams, if they knock someone off in the playoffs, I would not be that surprised. But I do want to tell you, it's been a great holiday weekend. And I know so many people are, are stuffed full of turkey and, and, and pig and, and pork chops and whatever else they eat for the holidays. Uh, ate a lot of me. I had a lot of red meat and some potatoes and sweet potatoes and all that stuff was good and healthy. We love that. Love the sports world. Love what's happening in the world of college football. Uh, congratulations to Jeff Tetford, uh, the Fresno State football coach, helped the, the Bulldogs win the, the Aloha Bowl in Hawaii against Houston, 33-27. And you think about Tetford. He's coached Trent Dilfer, who's won a Super Bowl. He's also coached Aaron Rodgers at Cal, who won a Super Bowl. So he, he, he played for the great legendary coach Jim Sweeney out of the Central Valley. For Fresno to go from a one-win season last year to come back and go on the road to Alabama and go on the road to Washington. They played Boise twice and they had an upset loss to, to UNLV. But this is a team that won. They went 10-4 and four after going 1-10 and, and 10 the season before. So that gives every program hope. Congratulations to Fresno State and Jeff Tepper and the Bulldogs. We'll have more buildup on the college football scene as we've seen about, what, 99 bowl games? I think I think Big C's stuck in traffic watching one of the, the 99 bowl games they had lined up this year. Love bringing you the NBA. College basketball is also coming around, and we'll see more of that coming into the new year. And for everyone that's out there, and please, you know, don't drink and drive. And we know everyone wants to have a good time out for the holidays, but please keep everybody safe on the road. We hope that everyone gets home safely as they're traveling all over this beautiful country. And as we always take it every Monday through Friday at 5 and 6 p.m. worldwide, follow Big C Sports on the Big C Sports Network. We're on the number one network in the United States of America. And Big C Sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe, according to Big C and the good old boys down south. We always want to tell you, there's never, ever, any reason for domestic violence. If you know any woman going through that garbage, please call 911. Because no woman should ever have to go through that garbage on her own. And as we always tell you on every Big C Sports show, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we hope that you have a super fantastic day.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.